Welcome to Articulate Warbling with Zach Ferguson. I am your producer and editor, D.B. Spitzer. This week, Zach's going to be talking about something. I just got over being sick, so I am mass-producing, mass-editing a whole bunch of episodes with Zach and Laura talking about all sorts. Schofield and uh, some book reviews and some movie reviews all coming up on Articulate Warbling in the next two, three weeks. So I hope you enjoy these episodes. I hope you're having a good spring. If uh, spring's coming your way, uh, don't forget daylight savings time at some point in time uh, in the near future if you live somewhere where there's daylight savings time. And uh, remember, it's not a rant. It's Articulate Warbling with Zach and Laura. All right, here we go with those guys. People, folks. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of It's Not Rant, it's Articulate Warbling. Much nicer, much nicer. <laughs> Today is a, um, well, I can't even say it's a special episode, it's just another episode. <laughs> As you now know, Laura is now a permanent fixture. She's, uh, you've actually had a lot of, got some fans out, you've, you've had really good respond, responses. Right. Yeah, a lot of people really like it. Well, it's prefer- preferable to someone who's sitting there on his own and you can hear the boredom in my voice. Or, no, what DB said was he went, there's there's a perfect balance. I went, nah, you're telling me that I'm pussy whipped. He was like, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> he, I said, she's there to keep me, keep me. He went, yeah, he said, because if you, if you go off on one, she does shut you down. He said, otherwise, it's, you know, it is what it is. You're fucking ranting. And he says it's good. He said he likes it. And a lot of other people have. People who've been listening on Twitter said, oh, I really enjoyed that latest episode. It's like, yeah, your co host, it said, you, you you seem very intimate. It's like, yeah, it's my girlfriend. I have sex with her. I make love to her. You do what? She's my partner. You do what now? I make sex to her. You make sex to her. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like, it's nice. It's it, And it's something that if you want to be part of it, which I think you do, it, it, it's a good dynamic. And, you know, it's very apt for t- the certain subjects that we get into. Because they can sometimes... If you're on your own and you're saying it to a wall or amongst yourself, it's easier for people to misconstrue. But there's two people talking it out and it's just a debate. People can't go, he's being homophobic, he's being racist. How am I that if I'm talking about that topic? And it's a very sensitive subject, this episode. I keep telling you to stop talking to walls. They're rude. You've just got to stop. No, opinionated arseholes when they're rude. So today's episode is... Has been sparked and instigated by uh, it was a little news item. A little, saw. a little news item. If I say little, it's fucking massive. It's massive considering what this per who this person is in uh, we'd say British uh, pop culture. Yeah, uh, he's part of the history of television for your generation and probably our parents' generation as well. What if you say my generation, like you're fifty years older than me? <laughs> Your generation, Laura. You know, I watch silent movies. Do you watch silent movies, then? No, they're shit. Oh. No, uh, so he's 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 had a long-standing, like, on-screen relationship with Holly Willoughby, who's another permanent fixture of pop culture. Just, we have daytime television shows, and Philip Schofield, the person in question, has been the face of loads of them. All of them. Yeah. So he's um, a very, very British TV presenter, um, most renowned for working on uh, This Morning, which is um, a massive British 
uh, morning TV show. Gives you all the news, hot topics, um, and they have a chat. Him and Holly Willoughby, and they and they're fucking fabulous <coughs> together. They are fabulous together, and they are just you know they just have a chat about things. They laugh. They're fun. They're just they're just great. Um, so he's been doing that since two thousand and two. Um, and he's also been presenting Dancing on Ice. Oh, for a good amount of years. For Mr. Between and 2006 and 2014, and then back on again in 2018 until present day. Now. Um, and and yeah. he's, just, he's just that face of kindness, warmth, uh, yeah. down-to-earthness, humbleness. And he, he's, he is probably the nicest person out there. There's been recent controversy where people say, oh, he's smug, he's this, he's that, just because he's fallen out with someone on television. You know, everything gets blown out of proportion. He is somebody who is part of the history and will, when time goes on, be renowned for being Philip Schofield. But now that history and legacy has kind of been uh, uglied. I don't know, because that sounds like it's a negative what's happened. But there's a larger connotation going on, and the subject is sexuality. It is. So... (coughs) While I was sat at the office today, I thought I'd have a quick sneaky look on Facebook. I'm surprised it didn't on. notify you. Even if people aren't subscribed to news outlets, all of a sudden it's like, Bing! Philip Schofield has come out as gay! And you're like, I don't even, subs- I don't even subscribe to g- gay, gay News Weekly. <laughs> well, I didn't see anything. Um, but I was just sat at work and I thought, right, okay, I'll have a, I'll have a five minute uh, breather. I've been working bloody hard. So uh, I just had a quick, quick scroll on Facebook and I saw three... <laughs> Three articles, and I'm scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. Now the thing is, when you see an article, just quickly, on Facebook, and you see a picture of a really well-known actor, actress, presenter, you know, just generally somebody in the public eye, you think, oh my god, they've died. Yeah. So my instant reaction was, Philip Schofield has died. Mm -hmm. And I was like, fuck me. Anyway, so then I looked at No, he doesn't want to. (laughs) No, he really doesn't want to fuck me, apparently. Um... So yeah, I kind of looked at it and I read it and it's like, Philip has come out as gay. And I was really disappointed. <laughs> Not because I wanted him to die, but I thought it would make a better story. <laughs> That's the thing. This is why she's the permanent fixture. Not of English uh, pop culture, but she could be if this is successful. Ooh, yeah, that'd be yeah. cool. Actually, no, paparazzi, she, go away. She's the permanent fixture of this podcast. Your, your brain does automatically go, and it does with me now, to what topics, subjects... Would be interesting. <laughs> yeah. I'd actually be more interested in reading an article about Philip Schofield's life because he's now died than then, I would to find out that he's been shagging his wife for 27 years and now he's gay. Yeah. And it's like, also the thing is, it opens up a wider connotation. And I have been saying to my mum, everyone, uh, there's something been off with Philip for the last three, four years where I've not really loved him as much as I had previously. And I kept saying to everyone, he's a closeted homosexual and everything that he's going about now, it's so dishonest. Even when his interview style, the way he's holding himself, everything seems fake and put on. And I was really annoyed. We're in a place now where ugh, labels are still labels and terminologies are still terminology as well. Ugh, ugh, it was very Scottish. Ugh, well, there's some Scottish <coughs> thing, I think, and Italian. So, ugh, no! <laughs> anyway, I like my spaghetti. I like my spaghetti. Ugh. But there's this. Um, it's a. Uh, it's a. Uh, I've noticed it, and it was. I, I'm not embarrassed to say. I. I did. I fist pumped. I went. I fucking told you. But for me personally, Philip Schofield has been very off and very faux, fake. Nothing seems truthful. Everything seems to be autonomous or fake or over the top. Like the excessiveness of these recent shows in the last few years 
where he's been doing shows, Christmas shows, with his wife. It's like the perfect uh, apple pie, but UK style. So apple crumble life, home style, domesticity. I'm thinking, this is really put on. This is really forced and like, almost like... Happy family, happy family, we do shows together. Happy family, me and my wife, we're a perfect couple. And it's like, I can smell shit from a mile away. And I always felt that there's something closeted. And the issue isn't that he's come out as gay. But, but the thing is, I'm annoyed that he's come out as gay 27 years later. Even 27 years, it would have been accepted a little bit. Not as, as, as well, but it would still accept it. You know what I mean? We're not listening. Danny Boyle, if you're listening, can you please make a movie called 27 Years Later? <laughs> yeah, 27 Years Later, and it's going to be Philip Schofield trapped between the, this morning, the studio, and uh, gay porn mags. Well, we know which way it's going to go now, don't we? Well, I think for me, I mean, I was pretty sure he was gay when he started flirting with Gino DeCampo. Because... Gino is like the flamboyant. gayest, flamboyant, yeah, just the most camp man I've ever seen in my life. And he is hilarious. He is just pure epitome of Italian <laughs> Yeah, he life. is, absolutely, absolutely. But but you feel that with Schofield, it's, if you're comfortable enough in your sexuality that we know that Philip Schofield is flamboyant, he comes from children's television, Gordon the Gopher, he comes from actually being a singer, a really amazing singer. His first like big performance was Joseph from the Technicolor Dreamcoat. It was, so yeah. if that isn't a little bit of a... An, an, a, a <laughs> he's wearing the gay... The gay flag! Oh, he literally is. I hadn't even thought about that. <laughs> so... It's not the issue that he's come out as gay. I, I, as I've mentioned before, I'm all. I'm not part of the gay community in the sense because I believe people are people. Who you want to have sex with, uh, whether it's a female and a female man and man, I don't care. I don't like the generalisations. I don't like the quarantine in, in labelling and terminologies. But there is something very wrong with this particular yeah, story, especially yeah. when it comes to someone in the public eye. I think in the sense of, yeah, I mean, if you're gay, you're gay, great. The problem I have is the fact that it seems so sudden. Like, his Instagram Instagram post was as if, like, it's only the last few weeks that he's basically said to his wife, I'm sorry, love, but I'm into men. Yeah, he's mulled it over. And that, that really bothers me. Not, be- I don't care. I really don't care what sexuality he can... Good for him for coming out. Yeah, it, absolutely. No, but there, there's a lot of people going, there's a strength in this. No, and don't get this misconstrued, there's a cowardliness on the behalf of his wife and his partner. It has been poised to us that it is the last couple of weeks it's been decided all of a sudden, oh, I got hard over watching that advert, I've watched gay porn, I've wanked over it, and now all of a sudden, I'm gay. all that's happened is he went to the premiere of The Gentleman, saw Charlie Charlie Hunnam smoke the way he did with that joint, (laughs) which we all got a fucking erection over, and he suddenly looked to his wife and went, Steph, I'm really sorry, love. I just got a hard on, okay? And then it's like, I can't go back from this now. This is the thing. If his inclination is now, he's no longer sexually interested in his wife and he's thinking, I'm attracted to men. Cool, do it, go for it. But this this labelling and this terminology of, he's gay, he's gay. I have an issue, you're bisexual. Because you've been able to sustain a 27-year marriage where you've had two children. If you were actually gay, my friend, you wouldn't be able to get a hard-on for this woman. No. And I was saying earlier, you know, I've looked looked at this woman, being Steph, his wife, and you kind of expect 
a man like Philip Schofield, if he's going to come out as gay, you would expect him to be with this woman who's quite hard-faced, kind of this short, bobbed hair, straight, flat-chested, very, um, <clears throat> not particularly feminine. But that, then again, lots of people can criticise that uh, thing, because I know where you're coming from. You do see a lot of people who, from bef- who have come out as gay, their previous partners have the physique of what we say, oh, they're quite masculine for yeah, a female. Exactly. But then there's this other argument that someone said that they will go for the polar opposite of that because that's what they lust after well, overall. Well, I don't feel she's the polar opposite, though. No, she, she's, she's... She's quite, you know... She's, she's the epitome of lady. Well, no, I don't think is she, she not? is. Plain I mean, she not? Plain Jane? Yeah, relatively. I mean, she's... Jane. She's... Yeah, apologies for Sorry, my mother. Jane. But, you know, she, she's just... She's just a... I mean, she's quite a pretty woman, but you would expect, you know... For that length of time, If yeah. you're going to go for somebody that is the total opposite of that masculine thought, then you would be with somebody who's really slim, mm. very hippie. Yeah. And when I say hippie, I don't mean smoking weed with dreadlocks. I mean hips. Yeah. I mean curvy. I mean, you know, sort of very um, booby and mm. kind of like just, you know, very into makeup, all that kind of stuff. And, and I don't think Steph is. I think she's just, I don't think she's plain. I, I think she's lovely. I think she's gorgeous. I mean, she's getting on a little bit now. So it's, you know, things start to change. But she's, she looks great. She's got a nice figure. But I wouldn't say she's masculine. But I wouldn't say that she's that total opposite where she's so feminine. She's like, oh my God, a broken nail. Which is the type of person, I think, a man, a closeted homosexual, would gravitate, would gravitate towards, towards yeah. because it's the total opposite. Mm. But this woman is, is smack bang in the middle of those two kind of um, labels, if you like. And it frustrates me because I'm just like, I, I just can't get my head around how you can. Surely they haven't had a sexless marriage for 27 years because something would have happened. Mm. Philip would have gone out and fucked somebody. Steph possibly would have gone out and fucked somebody. And the thing is, it's all well and good saying, oh, we're going to keep that away from the public eye. But there's only so much you can keep away from the public eye because all of a sudden you find out that, you know, Philip's gone off to... I don't know, America to film something. His wife's at home and she, you know, she's since stepping out of the home and, and going and embracing this random man in this bar in London town. Do you know what I mean? It's it's there would be something and there has never been anything. No illusions, no everything's been perfect. So there's a thing, is there a cover up? Has something been gone on long enough and what they've released to the public is actually been a bit neutered? Oh, because it's too personal? I actually just believe it's something there. Philip's gone, I'm not attracted to my wife anymore, and I'm actually prone to looking at men and thinking, I can see myself having a relationship or a sexual union with someone of the same sex, which is all well and good when you're not married of 27 years. I don't believe he's been in denial about his sexuality, and he hasn't actually even spoken up at that point. All he's spoken up about is the acceptance, how his daughters are, yeah, and Steph is even like, yeah, and it's like, eh? Yeah, I do find Maybe it's like, oh, Daddy, you're having a blip. I don't know, but the way it's been pushed out is, well done. And because he's so popular in the public eye... You're right. I won't break the chair. I hope not. No, it looks like it's about to, though. Just for context, people, um, there's a random screw. We've got these rocking chairs, and there's a screw that's come out of this one chair. And every time Zap moves, it looks like the whole thing is just going to collapse. Um, which would be hilarious if it was like live on podcast. 
but I'm just a fat bastard, <coughs> that's why. So he's a public face. He's known for being a little bit like, you know, comfortable with his sexuality on the veer and the campsite, flirtatious. But I felt like there's been an off for him for years. He has been hiding something. Well, if you have, why didn't he come out three, four years ago? And he said, well, she's been interviewing loads of big stories because they're on that platform where they, they talk about this type of stuff all the fucking time. They do. And it said it encouraged him to admit to it. Okay, why didn't you do it sooner? Because there is so much baggage and hurt now that has been lent and weighed in on Steph. If it's a 27-year battle, which I don't know if he's posed it as, but if he's come out and said, it's been a battle for myself for 27 years, I've forced myself to be a father, to be this heterosexual because for my career, blah, 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 blah. You're cowardly. You're cowardly. She's now got all these years together and she's going... He didn't love me. He wasn't attracted to me. All those good moments were based upon a lie. And a lot of people who have come out of gay have framed it like that. And I feel always, I always feel sorry for the people involved. Less for the person who's come out because they've got free, free carte blanche to do what they want now with their dick or their fanny. I think it's tough, isn't it? Because, <clears throat> you know, I mean, he, he said in his post, he said, I'm going to get the being sexually attracted to them and this this is where things get difficult because I think I think he does I think he does love his wife I really do think he does but I just don't think it's um a sexual love mm. and you know you you can you can love someone yeah. but it's um it's, it's t- I think I think it is hard for all involved you know I, I think there is an element for me that you know, he's if he has battled it for twenty seven years, maybe he has. Because I mean, how old is he now? He was born in nineteen. Oh, when was he born? Nineteen sixty two. So he's fifty seven. So if you think about it, when they got married in nineteen ninety three, being gay then was was still quite taboo. Was it? Yeah. Mm. Relatively. Well, there was that stigma that gay people were AIDS infested. That's why the. Well, that's if you think about it, when, when he married his wife in 1993, we've just come out of 1980s, haven't we? We're yeah. only three years into the 90s. And 1980s was full of this HIV, AIDS, yeah. like you said, Freddie Mercury situation. So there might, there may be, there may be some truth in the fact that he may have battled for 27 years because. In his head, especially, you know, if you think about the age of his parents, if he's 57, his parents are probably, you know, they might even be dead, I'm not 100% sure, but they could well be sort of into the, well into their 80s, 90s, and that, that is really taboo. You know, for, for his parents... For that generation, to, For yeah. that generation, his parents would be like, absolutely not. Yeah, that is a very good point. But I think there's a bar curiosity there. Like, I'm not claiming to say that's the truth, that's how it is. It's how I'm breaking it down. It's, I see a bi curiosity, but because it's so, it's, there's almost a taboo nature in coming out as bisexual rather than being gay. So it's easier to label and generalise it as just full-fledged homosexuality. I don't like labelling and, like, I want this to go past where a celebrity or a person of place has to come out and go, I'm gay, I'm deciding to divorce, da-da-da-da-da. Don't label it. Like, maybe one month, one year, you want a bit of dick or you want a bit of funny, you just go out and you just achieve these, or you do or you don't, or you experience. Like, Benedict Cumberbatch was posed this question once and they said uh have you uh have you ever considered being gay when i i've experimented and by experimenting i decided that i was more into women 
like you can have those stages in your life, but it seems like there needs to be this generalization and terminology and almost highlighted specificity about it, so for you to be encouraged. Also, this whole setup seems like a media stunt. Yeah, it does because it when when he's I got first... that platform and they're giving it to him, but it does seem staged. When I first read it, I thought, yeah, this is the epitome of fake news. Mm. You know, I thought you find it's actually come from the man and himself. <laughs> yeah, but when you actually see the the Instagram post and you actually you actually see the you know the the fact that it's not just the Sun that have <laughs> that have written about it, it's also Philip like, Schofield was BBC, on television giving it out. The Sun, um, <clears throat> you know, I've seen that interview and I can you can tell that there's. There is a reality he is gay or he is bisexual. That there's a reality that he has been hiding who he is because there's certain character traits or known almost uh, genetic semblances of theatricality and femininity with some gay people. And Philip has always been boisterous, but in that I'm comfortable in my sexuality plateau of thought and uh, perception. But in that interview, he was showing more feminine sides of himself, like... And that was like the first time that I kind of thought, okay, he's not holding back something here. He's told the truth. He's been honest. There is a weight lifted. You can tell it. And there's a sense. And he's not as uncomfortable in his body. I just felt there was a sense of faux projection of his personality and who he was. Like maybe it was a few years he came came to the hurdle mentally without actually having verbalised it or spoken about it with his family. But you could just tell the way he's like holding himself, touching himself, looking off. There is a great weight lifted. There is a great support system. But the way the media has, and that he works within that medium and it's benefited him that he's been able to go out on his own, um, you know, out instead of a big story being threatened to expose him. Like has happened for numerous people, like people who are transgender like the Wachowski sister recently who uh, was forced by the Daily Mail to come out as transgender or they would they would make it their headline mm. I don't think it's one of these situations I don't yeah. think it is and because he's got that platform and relationship with this morning they're like you've got that room to mm. do it we'll give it to you but there's there's an inherent pessimism that's always assigned to journalism and media isn't there yeah. it's just draining a pessimism you're thinking it's a stunt there's a media stunt it's trying to cover up something else we with what we've talked talk, spoken about our opinions our perspectives could be void and completely not true at all but that's a whole concept of talking about it yeah because it's a greater connotation beyond philip schofield which I, I, I feel happy that he's come out, not for the public. I don't give a fuck that you feel the need to say to people, I've come out as gay, and if you don't don't appreciate it, you're not a true fan. I'm not into all that. I'm just happy for him on a personal level that he's he's had that weight lifted and he has that support network. But there is a cowardliness in how this has been devised. Maybe it's not Philip Schofield's problem, and it's just how the media have... <sighs> Put it in a box somehow. Yeah. That box of how to portray a recently coming out person. There's a certain basis and a certain style that it's cookie cutter. It's so similar to everyone else who's come out recently as gay. Yeah. And it's kind of disheartening. But the thing I saw with it is there is that relief. And the cowardice stuff of it comes from maybe my misconstruement of how the media has uh, aligned it. Because you've got to remember... Philip Schofield has agents, managers, uh, publicity people, image people behind him who are probably mapped this all out. I think it's really unfortunate for him in the sense that he's come out at the wrong time. Yeah. 
Right when everybody has suddenly decided that actually it's okay to come out now. And how they framed it, it's very um, it feels like passive it's aggressive in a way, like 27 years married. It feels like it's it's like, you know, somebody's <coughs> somebody has literally just gone, oh, come on, it's a new big, it's the next big yeah, thing. Yeah, it does, Let's it do does, it. yes. And I think, I think for him it's not. I don't think that he's fallen under that, but because of the way it's been published and and spread across the world and, but, and just just and the timing of it and the way everything was written it just means that it has come out like it's the it's a fad yeah it's like oh one in the oh philip Schofield is now the third person this month to and it's like it's no and i i think because of that public platform i think it's been misconceived uh it has been uh illogically crafted by the articles i think it was a well a good intention up on this morning where they said you've got this platform you can do this how you wish this is your platform this is your home you can open up about it here and he did it on instagram first which didn't seem like a very well strategized thing but maybe that was him on a personal level going i've got a statement i need to share it yeah. And how social media platforms work. But I think coming off this interview and all these other articles, certain pieces have been written a certain way where they are sniffy about it. And then you're imbued with that pessimism where you go, is it a publicity stunt? Is it trying to pave over something else? Is a video going to make an appearance in about a week or two where we see Philip Schofield bent over, having a dildo shoved up his ass, Or like... <laughs> Like that video we watched the other day where that woman's got a pulsating bum hole, like a wormhole. It's not porn we are watching, there's these sick videos that my sister sent me. They're humorous. But it's it's opened up well, a great this thing. This one was anyway. Yeah. <laughs> well there's a great there's a great thing. It's opened up a can of worms because this gets us onto the topic of Jenna, but I want you to tie up with what you wanted to say anyway. But it's a broader connotation that you were like this is a podcast. Yeah, I think it, it connects into <clears throat> it connects into a lot of things, um, particularly for me, Caitlyn Jenner and um, her. I mean, I like her now. I didn't um, until she went on the jungle, and I was like, actually, yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, but I found <clears throat> I found her story very difficult because it just felt like it was a media stunt. It was. Ah, I'm, oh, running, yeah. I'm running out of money. I'm not really fun anymore. Everybody's oh. kind of got over me. I'm not interesting. I'm not really, you know, I'm not really doing. Look at what my girls are doing. Look at what my girls are doing. Oh, hang on a minute. It's about being a woman. Fabulous. Let's go. Yes, that is how it was communicated to us until, and this is the first time ever. Of all things, I'm a celebrity gave us more insight into the Caitlyn Jenner's history and journey than the documentaries made about her, yeah, than the things thing. given in the articles, because he made mention in she, the 80s, yeah, she, she... She said in the 80s... It was a he then, when, yeah. Yeah, when, <clears throat> when she was a he, um, that, you know, when she was Bruce Jenner, um, he was taking... Um, Estrogen. He said before he, estrogen for the if, Americans out he there. He did say he was doing that before he met um, Chris. Chris. Yeah. And the, yeah, he was. He was taking estrogen or estrogen, whichever way you want to say it, mm. to um, grow uh, breasts and all that kind of thing. And he actually had. And right before he met, uh, no, after he met Chris he decided it would be a good idea to get them taken away. Mm -hmm. So he stopped taking the oestrogen and he had a, um, a breast reduction, if you like, um, and, and had those, those boobs that he'd grown 
um, he had them taken away so that so that he could marry Chris and it would all be wonderful. So, but before that, I genuinely thought it was just a, a PR stunt. It's because it's how everything's been portrayed and it is the pessimism and the reality of fucking the popular media yeah, now. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But it it's it's sad that we... we and, and this is the reason why I do feel a little bit bad for Philip Schofield is because of the fact... But because everybody believes that things are a fad, he will get so much negative attention for More so than for coming out as gay. Yeah, and I don't think that's fair because if he's gay, he's gay. It doesn't matter. If you're bi, if you're gay, it doesn't matter. Just be you. As long as you're not hurting anyone, just be you. Love who you want to love. Love, love, just be you. But that labelling, it's it's still, the terminologies, it's void for me. You love who you want to love. You be with who you want to be with. Unless it's insidious, it's not encouraged. You need to be shot. Unless he's been put in a horrible predicament. He's a public figure. He's very popular. He's balancing up all these things off the belief and being told by his managers and PR team, oh, this might be really bad for you, Philip. Or the pessimism leaks in, this might be really good for you, Philip. So all of this is, is concocted in our minds as fans of him or not fans, and it's feeding into biased notions or feeding into something else. This is the fuckery of the the, 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 the uh, extrapolation and the world and universe of media. There's an inherent pessimism because you know the reality of it. I th- yeah, I th- it's, it's tough, isn't it? If he wasn't a public figure... He would have left his wife and said, I'm really sorry, love, I'm gay. And it, 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 that would just be it. But because he's a public figure, everybody... And even we're doing it. We're, we're pulling it apart. Yeah. And the thing is, is what I can't stress enough is that we're not pulling him apart. No, 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 no. no. And we're not pulling apart sexuality and whether we agree with that, whatever. We're talking about the wider picture. We're looking at how things like this get misconstrued because of the fact that so many people do do these kind of things as a PR stunt to get more money, to get more popularity, to get all these different things that they shouldn't really be needing in the first place because it's a drug, isn't it? Yeah. It's a popularity and being famous and that all of that it fame drug, money. Yeah. It is a drug. It's a new drug, it, and it's an it's an addiction because when you don't get enough of it, it's what can I do to make myself more famous? You because see, yeah. people are terrified, and I've seen this even in the people that aren't famous. Yeah, I see people around me that actually they are more scared of running out of the money they're used to having and having to live a normal life than they are to do anything they possibly can to get that extra £10 in their pocket to make sure that they can buy their shopping from Waitrose this week yeah. and not from Asda. It's, and it's, it's that kind of thing. It's and it's drug. affecting the, the actual reality of your normal working man. I had a friend whose friend, so they were an acquaintance, and she said, I'm getting really fucking annoyed with... Uh, and then she just started like... Just going, I don't know what to refer to him or her because they change it weekly and monthly. And there's always this big facade online and she said, and I just want to shake him or her. It was a he. Uh, it was this huge big thing, this huge big fight, fighting for a sex change. He went through the site, uh, apparently, he went through the uh, psychiatric um, processes and they said to him, We actually don't believe that you want to be a woman. And then he was then he had what he wanted. He had a story, yeah. and he started bitching and crying about it. And my friend at the time, bless her, uh, she said, um, she went. I think this whole lead up, this whole facade, is for popularity. What fits into the new woke culture, and I believe that he's done this and put put himself through this place where one person out there who actually isn't comfortable in their skin feels like they are a female or a male. 
He's taken that time away and that money and all of that that goes into changing someone's life for the better because it's a fad, it's a fashion, it's a trend and all because he can then have a story. And then about six months later after it, I went, uh, is is he living as a she? she went, no, he's he's living it as a he now and it's all it's fizzled out now. He's back to his normal self. And I'm thinking... You fucker. This is why there's so much pessimism and negativity because of the cunts like you. And I think the thing is, it's, it's tough, isn't it? Because, I mean, I, <clears throat> I've i had many conversations with people um, about allowing children to choose their gender. Now, a lot of people think, you know, let children choose what they want to choose. And, yeah, with regards to religion, yeah, they can believe in God. I don't. They can. Great. I don't believe that we should let them choose their gender. And and the reason being is this. Children will follow the people that are leaders. And those leaders are the people that shout the loudest. The people that shout the loudest are always going to be the people that say this label, this, this label, that, blah, blah, blah. They will not go with the minority, which actually believe that those that genuinely are wrong in their body need to be changed. But other than that, we need to forget the labels and just get on with our life. And yeah. that, that is the reason why I do not believe that children should be allowed to choose their gender at such a tender it age. It causes more more hurt than more anything. Confusion. There's an extent At an age of, let's say, hello, baby, I haven't named you yet. And it's like, look, mum, I'm eight years old. You're dressing me in gender neutral stuff. What's my name? What's my place? I want to give you that freedom. A kid at that age doesn't know the connotations of a wider variety. And then there's a greater sense of existential crisis way before they should even have any form of, you know, crises of personality and identity. In that, yeah, absolutely. It's a scary place and it's all through woke culture and through those, as you said, have the loudest voices. But the people with the loudest voices aren't the people that you should be really, should be led by. You shouldn't be their sheep. They like to think they're shepherds, but they're not because they are the detriment to what is going on in society. They are the issue. This woke culture, this me too. It has come, it always comes from a place, and this is what I mean with homosexuality and gay labelling. People say, are you part of the community? I said, in what fashion? That I go to gay pride, dress up, wave a flag? No, because gay people are gay people. They're here. They're human. Uh, I understand the the pride comes from a place of pride. It isn't anymore. It is a function. It is cosmetic. And I've got loads of gay friends. More gay friends than I have straight, actually. And I asked them, what is your connotation of the gay community? They said... Fashion is a fad. It's for people to be drama queens. It's for people to go out to get pissed. It is a uh, economy thing, economic thing. Oh wow! How surprising that something that came from a pure place is now something commercial and capitalist. That's what happens. People take it, rewrite the rules, and then they post it out as well intended. But it's disingenuous. And the most people who are gay say. I'm supportive of people who are gay and in the gay community, but I don't want to be part of any community in like quotation marks because it's not real. It's not for the it's not for the it's not for people to feel encouraged because you find that gay people say, I don't want to come out because I don't want to fit into that criteria because that's not me. Ian McKellen said something, and I'm gonna misquote it ages ago, but he visited our school in Van Dean. He said, homosexuality doesn't mean that I look at every man and I want to have sex with him. And a lot of kids were like, 
Huh? But doesn't that apply to everybody? Yep. As a, as a heterosexual woman, I do not look at every man and go, oh yeah, uh-huh. I want to bounce on his dick. And that's what and he's saying, And this is yeah. the thing, is, 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 just because somebody's gay, it automatically makes them promiscuous. Yeah! I'm not saying that's true. I'm saying no, that's, that's what, what that's exactly yeah. what's happening. Is that you go out there and you go, "You're gay." That means you're promiscuous. You're a massive slut. No, 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 no. I just prefer dick. Yeah, it's really simple. Definitely. Just because I am heterosexual, I'm a woman. That doesn't make me a slut. But why does it make a man a slut? Because he likes men. Yeah. And exactly the same the other way around. But some of these people of this community who are gay, they do feed into it. They do. And because. And this is the thing, a lot of gay men can be promiscuous. Mm. And the thing is, is they do, they feed into yeah. that constant cycle. And they all walk gays, All gays are, are, are promiscuous. It's a caricature at the end of the day. But the thing it's is, a stereotype. when you look at the number of heterosexual men that are promiscuous, and when I say promiscuous, I don't mean camp promiscuous, I mean just generally slutting around with random women. Yeah. It's probably the same percentage as the number of men that slut around with other men. And women it's with just, women. Exactly, women with women. It's women all with the men. equal plateau. It is exactly the same across all sexualities. It's just that because a man is gay or a woman is a lesbian, it makes a difference. Yeah. I was just uh, while you were talking, um, it looked like basically looked like I was totally disinterested in what Zach was saying. Um, she but probably I was, was. I was actually looking for um, going back to my transgender thing mm-hmm. um, for a percentage, and seventy-five to eighty percent of children or adolescents end up uh, either detransitioning following transition change um, or changing their minds before they've transitioned. And go on to just become homosexual, bisexual. Yeah. And the reason why I think that's relevant is because... That's very interesting. It shows how much of this labelling is a fad. It shows how much of it is just done for more popularity, which brings us on to so many big humongous topics about social media and how social media is affecting our children it's making children think that the only way that they can be um, accepted in this world is by the number of likes the number of shares the number of what retweets the number of whatever you do on instagram you know it's it's a melting pot it is yeah and the thing is is it's 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 just these labels are creating more labels, which create more labels. And it creates and it, subsectors of... It's to, yeah. It, it almost becomes like a Chinese whispers. Yeah. Because at one point, it was just the fact that people who were gay were coming out as being gay. Then it kind of... Gay was cool. Then it wasn't. Then it was. Now it's really cool. Now it's even cooler to be gender fluid. Really fucking cool to be gender And with all these labels, cisgender, this, that, the other, where the fuck does this cisgender come from? Why do I have to say I'm cisgender, I'm this or that? I'm just me. And I've said this before on a podcast, you know, I I disagree with being... If you want to label yourself... There's over a hundred. If you want to label yourself, you go ahead and do so. Don't expect someone else to abide by this new gentrified or generalised rule. That's not even my point. If you want to go and label yourself as whatever the fuck you are, you can walk out there if you want and go, I am a book. That's fine. You go be that object. You go girl or you go guy. Whatever. Don't even think about it, Zach. It's, you know, if you want to go out... If you want to, but if you want to go out there and you want to claim yourself, if you want to label yourself as something, great. However, 
You cannot then go around saying, well, if I'm this, you're that. No, 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 no. You labelled yourself. Mm -hmm. People joined your labelling. They labelled themselves as the same label you labelled yourself because you have similar characteristics. That does not mean by any stretch of the imagination that you have a right, therefore, to label me who just wants to get on with my life. I grew up. I went to school. I go to work. I come home from work. I cook sausage casserole for tea. I do a podcast. I read some of my book. I go and watch a film or I don't. And I go to bed. And that's all I want to do. And that, you know, in however many years time, I might get married. I might have children. I'm going to grow old. I'm going to die at some point. I'm probably going to get some form of dementia plus arthritis that's just going to kill me in general before I even die. And I'm just going to become this person in this shell of a human body. And it's going to be awful. But the thing is, is I don't need you to label me. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Fuck to the yeah. Uh, you voice that perfectly because I always find it difficult to to, to um, phrase it because there's that that thing at the back of your head where you've got to be so you've got to be so careful because you don't know who's listening. And my general attitude to that, I I, I put on the front. I'm like fuck them. I don't. Care. I do because I find myself pausing, going, I need to evaluate everything how I'm going to talk. But that's a scary world to live in. That's totalitarianism born by people that want non-narrow-mindedness and they, 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 they try and personify being this uh, liberal all opened out access to all thing but they're not because again they're putting themselves in that box by labelling and then expecting others to conform to that rule that a few others or a huge load of people do if you want to identify as this that the other good but don't expect me to know the ins and outs of it just because you, you you are now this thing if you want to give the time over and explain it i'm all ears but it's that thing of you don't know you're not educated well educate me they don't they don't want to educate you and piers morgan i hate i hate 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 but he had this huge argument with this young man and he said to him why does there need to be a hundred different he says i don't mind i don't care people are transgender cross-dressers gay he said that's not my issue but why do we need at least a hundred different terminologies what we grow up to know male female gay straight even in a normal running society, we shouldn't even have those labels. But his point was very avid because he was like, I am not sitting down, going through these hundreds of names, listing them in my head, because I have a lot of, I've got a lot to fucking do in my life, apart from being a, uh, a bloated, uh, <laughs> bigoted wanker. But that point was... How do you know unless someone educates you? But they don't want to educate you because they get they, they just start their snowflakes. Yeah. <laughs> you're this, you're that. Don't fucking label me. I'm not racist. I'm not xenophobic. And I think the truism of where my heart lies and my loyalties lie is humanity and being good to each other and being the best you you can be, whether you're gay, straight or not. And I think that's why I write stuff that veers towards queer and gay fiction. Because I like the notion that as someone who is a heterosexual male in this world, where you need to label... He's not really, it's just bullshit. Anyway, <laughs> this, this is the thing, it's like, people then start picking me apart going, 
you're straight, how can you write queer fiction? I do. Like, ain't that strange? Don't you feel uncomfortable? I'm like, no, because I'm comfortable with it. I know that there's people out there who rim, put dicks in asses, lesbian scissor and trib. There's it's sex. It's 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 union union, it's sexual tri, sexual um uh, symbiosis. Why can't a straight man do it? I do it in the sense that when I read William S. Burroughs, notorious homosexual and heroin addict, uh, he used to write compelling sex scenes. And I mean, they were so saucy and raunchy that even someone who's the most like secure, like, oh, I'm a real man. And that's where you find a lot of the critics didn't like William S. Burroughs because he broke into their genuinely, their DNA and said, nah, uh, uh. You read a sex scene between two fictional gay men. I gave you a boner. And they're like, worst book ever. It's disgusting. I don't want to read this ever again. And I love that. I love that notion of really fucking with people and causing an identity crisis because they are crybaby snowflakes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's why I like doing it. And also, why can't a straight guy write a compelling gay sex scene? Why can't a man... Bit write gay fiction just because he's straight. I'm not doing it for a fad thing. I'm doing it because I want to write compelling characters, aesthetical, atmospherical things that are going to tap into something. If you can write a sex scene, whether it's gay or straight or between animals, it will compel you. Like I could write a really compelling sex scene between two badgers, and if it's just written a certain way, you can go, oh, I wish I was a horny badger. <coughs> Quite honestly, Zach, I read your last book, which didn't have much in the way of sexual... Um writing in it at all and I still got really horny afterwards <laughs> so I don't think it even matters um, I was just reading about um, cis normativity <clears throat> I was just looking at the gender lo- loads of labels that you can have for different people of different genders stuff like that and cis normativity is the assumption in individuals and in institutions that everyone is cisgender and that cisgender identities are superior to trans identities and people leading to <coughs> invisibility of non-cisgender identities. Now, I don't think a single person that is cisgender, i.e. me and you, <laughs> has ever thought that we are superior to anyone. More than anything, we're fucking confused as to why we've got this random label. Yeah, I don't understand that. <laughs> Every time you said cyst, I was like, cyst? What? It's it's just... Everything's politicised. Everything's agenderised. Everything is just rised, rised, rised. It's just... It's fucking boring. I know, and this is the thing. But if there wasn't shit like this, I wouldn't have anything to write about. So, continue in your own good time. But We have nothing to podcast about mm. either. Bi-gender is a person who fluctuates between traditionally woman and man gender-based behaviours and identities. How dare they write traditionally? Hang on. Hang on, hang on, hang on. When I was a kid, I used to love making mud pies. Does that make me bi-gender? Because I was quite a tomboy when I was a kid. I'm sorry, you just mentioned that. I didn't didn't wear skirts. My mum tries to force me into skirts, but I didn't wear skirts. Um, I've never had a particularly high, like, high-pitched voice. I've always been quite... I mean, people have mistaken me for a man before now. Um, oh, look, no, it's just feed into thing that I'm gay. Closeted gay. <laughs> but, you know, those things, it's just, you know, I don't walk around, I don't walk around in these, like, really lacy dresses of showing my bum off, showing my boobs off, showing this off, showing that off. Mm. I'm kind of just... Um, <laughs> I'm kind of just generally comfortable in my own skin. Like, I don't really care how... You know, today I'm wearing jeans and a T-shirt... Tomorrow I might wear a dress, you know. When I'm at work, I usually wear dresses. Sometimes mm, I don't. Yeah, you do. But 
Does that make me by gender because I fluctuate between traditional woman and no. gender based behaviour? Just you just have a fashion sense like anyone else. And we I have just, different days. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's just like but Like you said to me the other day about getting some crops and you went, Imagine if you got some pink ones and I'm like, I would wear them. Exactly. And it's like, well, I, I, oh, I don't know. I find it really hard. I do find it really, really difficult because I understand why people need to label themselves, but don't label me while you're at it. Yeah, it's really fucking annoying. It's it's rude. For me, that is more discriminatory than it is for me. It is a personifying. That's, that's what I mean. You're sitting there saying that I'm being discriminatory against you because you. I don't like the fact that you've labelled yourself as something I don't understand. But then you label me. You're discriminating against me because you have to label me because you're so insecure of your own label that you have to put a label on me to make yourself feel better. Mic drop. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a scary world. Like Jared Papaskeely. Kelly, Keely Kelly, whatever, Kelly, uh, good friend of mine, he said to me once, he said... Such uh, a good friend that he can't even remember how to pronounce his surname. <laughs> sorry, Jared. He's very, very sorry, Jared. Um, he won't be licking your arsehole, though. I, I, do, I do do that a lot in, like, like a metaphysical way when it comes... I to... panicked then, I was like, what? We do, yeah, I do do that, and he does it to me a lot when we're, like, like praising each other's work. We do it in a weird, like, yeah, cosmic... Yeah, you are proper, like, not, deep throat in each other's you know, All the fucking time. He said to me, I said, he said, uh, he said, I find it very interesting that your... He said your obsession with uh, gay history, gay um, societal issues, and I said, uh, it's not obsessive, I said it's... It's 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 a frustration, I said, because I don't like labelling, but I get in trouble when I say that. I said, why do a lot of gay people feel the need to then label me as a homophobe? Because I said, I don't see you as a gay person, I just see you as a fellow human. You're in denial that there's homosexuals. No, I'm not, I just see you as a fellow human. Yeah. Suck it. Yeah, and then he'll be like, one minute, are you a confused gay? Because you just told me to suck it. <laughs> Like, Jared, like, as a friend of mine, I've, I've <laughs> again, a very, uh, a word that can be misconstrued. I, I, I have sent him some probing questions. And he's always been so honest, so open, and also very fucking patient. Because I write, I've written a segment in uh, the System Compendium called um, Queerly Happy Whilst Contemplating Faggots. And it's done from the POV of what people try to label me as, as a biased heterosexual writing as a gay character. So it's very promiscuous, it's very OTT, it's very, I think, offensive, because I'm trying to satirise what everyone is saying and imbuing onto me as a writer. And I told him about this, and he went, I'd read that, I think it's cool, I think that's a really good idea, he said, because there's a deep level to it. I said, but you as a gay person, are you offended? He went, well, any gay person who turns around and said they're offended, he said, it's their issue. It's not the issue on every gay person out there. And this is the thing, is that offence in general is your issue. Mm. If you're offended by something, it's your problem. Yeah. Usually stemmed by insecurities from past yeah. problems. So, to be fair, yeah. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. And that was awakening. Suck it. That was, that was an awakening. I was like, so you're telling me, he's, and he was like, you don't need to view it on a singular, on a, not a, he says you need to see it on a singular basis, not as a whole. Mm. That one person may hate it, but another person may come. He says, 
me as a gay person doesn't mean mean I I talk on the behalf of everyone who's gay, and that was a real kind of like that is so fucking true. It kind of this is going to be like a really strange segue because you're going to be like what, but like doesn't it kind of reminds me of porn? Like there is so much porn out there. Not every guy likes to watch Asian women squirting. Not every guy likes to watch these massive. You know, big boobed, blonde women, deep throating on cock. Not every man likes to see the the women that look like twelve year olds. It's about personal preference. Yeah, and that's the whole point with the whole situation, isn't it? Everything is about personal preference. But they want to create clicks, and but if a guy walked up to you and went, "What do you reckon about that girl then?" and she looks like a fifteen year old, and you go, "No." You're not going to get offended by it, are you? Just go, okay, that's your thing. This is my thing. And that's the end of that. But this is the thing. Everybody has to take it upon themselves to go, well, if you don't like what I don't like, you've got something wrong with you. You can't be my friend. Exactly. It's like what we went into that political discussion. Yeah. 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 It is. It's pathetic. It is. And I, I listened back to that, and I was very close to going, I want to delete that episode because I come across as, like, such a boo-boo bitch. (laughs) <laughs> you, you do put me in my place and I go very silent because it was a mic drop moment where I was processing and it dawned on me fuck I am the issue what I'm talking about on the subject I am the issue and it was a reality check and I was like my finger was over that delete like no because I said some really good shit yeah well then. no I didn't I didn't <laughs> and I was like pride over reality pride over truth and I was just like truth will out yeah. this needs to be put out there because then it shows that we're all human, we're all susceptible, we are all part of that issue, but there's more people that are part of the issue than you the bigger others. person anyway, because the thing is, is the fact that you can, you can see past the fact that you may have been incorrect, you can sit here and say, yeah, okay, my badge possibly shouldn't have said that, you know, maybe I wasn't of the wrong viewpoint, I've thought about it, you know, we make mistakes and we think things that we think we know and we don't necessarily know and we say things that we're not supposed to Well, this is why I love you, because from that, it was Oh, he loves me, you guys. It wasn't, well, it, it wasn't from a place of, I'm correcting you, you're fucking wrong and I'm going to make you feel bad about it. It was no. like, no, Zach, you, what you're talking about, you're part of that issue, you just offered me a truth, whereas if that was anyone else, I'd be like... Fuck you. Fuck you. You ain't part of this podcast anymore. <laughs> Fuck you. I'm not the issue. I'm not. It's, it's better to learn and grow than just blockade yourself. And that's why they want to get as many susceptible people as possible. Part of their... um, And these are the more negative-minded. I'm not meaning like... <laughs> not this, everyone. Not everyone. I'm not saying this is to do with movements or cisgender people or transgender. I mean, people in... You find people who want to create sex and quarantine zones of thought like it's a cope mentality of I want these susceptible people to gravitate towards me so there's this overall indoctrination indoctrination so when it does grow enough when there is opposition there will be numbers vastly out, outgrown those of that whereas they should just stand there and say what you're doing isn't right your your thought process is adding to the negative so when there's people out there talking on the behalf of uh, gay rights gay movements not even just that or even artistic movements sometimes you are feeling into the issue and sometimes it's just better to eat some humble pie and say fuck i need to reevaluate there's a difference between having an opinion as well and just shouting on shit that you don't need to shout on like there's there's an element of you know i generally won't talk about things if i don't know the facts 
And before I do any podcast with you, <coughs> you I'm like desperately Googling things to make sure that I don't fuck up. To make sure I don't say things that are stupid. Because the thing is, is it just makes you look like a turd. Yeah. And this is what a lot of the, the leaders of some of these groups, cults, whatever you want to call them, is the fact that they just start chatting shit. And the thing is, is if anyone does pull them up on it, it's just like, no, fuck you, it's ten against you, so off you go. Fuck you, I've got enough people behind me who agree with me. They only agree with you because they've not been given a chance to be individuals themselves. because they're naive and they're ignorant to the situation. Yeah. And this is the thing, ignorance has caused so many problems because people just believe what that, and this is what I mean, it's it's a sheep culture. And, And you see this in the most mundane of things, there's a bridge. Um, which you'll understand what I mean in a second, but there's a, there's a bridge that I drive over twice a day, once to work, once home from work, unless I'm staying at Zach's and it's a different story. And and when I'm driving to work, I don't have right of way. When I'm driving home from work, I do have right of way. The thing is, though, is when people don't have the right of way and that there is a car coming, one person will have gone because it was safe to do so. Five cars behind him continue. Why? Because it's sheep culture. Because mm-hmm. they are sheep, they follow the leader. If one car's gone, the rest of them go. And then some breaks the pattern and the thing is is you will find that only one in five of those people will actually break that pattern mm. and that is the same that's what I mean is that is probably one of the most mundane subjects that you can you that you can associate it with but it is associated in everything in life yeah. is that people are sheep they will follow a leader and if somebody shouts loud enough they will follow them and that's what I was saying earlier about the children by saying, you know, they will follow the people that shout loud enough, not the people that necessarily make the most sense. Yeah. And this, you know, that applies to people like... I mean, look at Donald Trump, for example. Yeah. He doesn't make any sense, but he shouts loud enough. Yeah. That's why people vote for him. And the media him. percolates it. Exactly. And Once the more people saying, shout about it, the more the, they follow it. the thing. It's like, oh, we're damning Donald Trump. Well, you're making Donald Trump as popular as ever because that's all you've got, an inundation of... Exactly. I want to tell you something... Gluten-free burgers are bing, bing, bing. But, you know, people will follow the people that shout the loudest. As far as I'm concerned, I will put people in their place. Not because I'm an arsehole. <coughs> not because I want... You want to give them that chance to No, grow. it's... it's, it's... I'm not an arsehole. I'm not, I'm not somebody that gets joy because there are a lot of people in this world that get joy out of correcting people. Yeah, there is a satisfaction. And there is a satisfaction when someone's wrong and I know I'm right. And I'm they're like, very wrong and they're very dead set against it. Yeah, and, but th- there is a satisfaction Sam to that. this. I do get that satisfaction, but I correct people because I know the truth because I've researched it or whatever or I've experienced it myself. And what I do is I want people to be educated, not because it makes me feel good, but because I love learning. I love the fact that I teach myself things every day. And I love that. And I think that every person should have the opportunity to love learning as much as I do. So I'm not correcting people because I'm an arsehole. I'm just helping people to learn something new. And actually, if I can pass it on to you, for example, you can pass it on to someone else. Mm. So when you go and have a chat with a friend or with family, then you can say, oh, yeah, actually... No, you happen. Funny you say that because I said that, and uh, Laura actually corrected me the other day, and it's actually this. And you might have even done a bit of background research since then, because you're like, "Well, hang on a minute, I didn't realise that." And you do yeah. a little research, and then, and then what you do is you then pass on that education, that learning to someone else. And I think for me, that sharing is beautiful. That is more joyous for me than going, "You're fucking wrong, you dick." Mm. You know, it's just, it's just about. Well, I'm not gonna lie, I do get that satisfaction when it comes to films, but. 
not societal things. But you know that when I don't know something enough, I don't talk about it. I keep my mouth shut. Well, I, I, I like to believe that I can, if I... I like to give you room in our relationship to, even if you want to have an opinion upon it, you fucking have an opinion. Yeah, well, but there's a difference between opinion and fact. Yeah. And that's the thing, is if I, if I know that I can't speak facts, I won't speak. Yeah. And I'll wait for somebody else to say something, and then I will say something in well, response to that. You have a walk-in uh, encyclopedia on films right on your arm, so that helps. Yeah, it does. But... but Sometimes even I get things wrong. But that's the thing, everybody gets things wrong, but it's not an element for me, you know, about the whole politics situation. That wasn't an element for me of, like, you're fucking wrong, you're a dick. It was just, actually, I'm just trying to help you to learn how things aren't quite the way you see them. Well, it was, because it was like, well, what you're talking upon, you're feeding into, so take yourself out of that, and I was like, shit, yeah. And you can tell I was very, like, stumbling, like, shit. Well, afterwards, I'm like, have I pissed you off? Have I upset you? Have I pissed you off? Have I upset you? And he's like, no, no, no. I'm like, I fucking know it is pride, you idiot. Yeah, there is that thing, but it's like, I'm cool with it, to be honest. I Yeah, I mean, I've grown a lot in the last few years, and that's 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 based on the fact that I have just learnt to... To suck it up. If you're wrong, you're wrong. And just go, yeah, sorry. I'm wrong. My bad. Yeah. In fact, actually, no, you don't even need to apologise for it. Because if you're wrong, you corrected me. Oh, thank you for correcting me. Mm. It's seeing that new side of things. And you just learn so much more. You become so much more of a better person. That's the truth of it. Sometimes people believe so stridently in their opinions that they do garner it as fact. And yeah. it fucking isn't. No. And that's why I go around telling people my opinions. Yeah. Even if it is... Well, your opinion is validated because it is subjugated and surrounded and almost lent weight by the thing that is fucking in fact. Well, that's the thing. I find it really difficult. Somebody gets really opinionated about something and it's based on something that's fiction in the first place. And I go, how can you have an opinion on something if your facts aren't right? Mm. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. It's that, it's that kind of thing. But then there's a beauty in that as well, because that's where we learn some, 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 some character, character thoughts, character traits, uh, and also the power of discussion and debate mm. and having, being able to actually talk. And it's a democracy, not politically. It's a democracy of soul, isn't it? Yeah, it is, absolutely. I think this has been a very interesting episode. I think it has. I think a lot of our episodes, when we get firing you especially, you're firing fucking all cylinders. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like sitting here like wanking into like a pair of uh, damp boxes. Like, oh, fuck yeah. It's uh, just please be good to each other. Or not, whatever. <laughs> yeah, if it's to do with natural selection, you fucking kill that motherfucker. <laughs> but uh, I feel like I need to do a little bit of... Um, promotion before we fizzle out uh recently i've been writing a new series of books interiors four and uh makes first... it sound like it's the fourth book in the series <laughs> interiors four it's F-O-R. interiors f-o-r question mark and it's a existential crisis yeah, unraveling. It's 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 my it's my relationship and the ontological disparities and peculiarities of the space and what you can imbue it with within a book, within space, within pictures. It is prose. It is imagery. And I have literally written three books um, within the space of must be eight days. And I've been putting them out. 
No, almost two weeks. And my intention was to do one a week, but the work has just been coming out of me. It's pure experimentalism. So thank you so much to everyone who shared the link, uh, have shared their thoughts, have brought the book, which is probably my most popular ever, which means a lot. I think it's contributed to the fact that it's cheap. Um, and that's that's the impetus for me. It's not about money. It is about getting good products out there, work that I'm proud of, and also at a reasonable price. I mean, sometimes you can't help but be dictated by the realities of using a print-on-demand um, platform. But thank you for everyone who's gone out and brought a copy. It means a lot, and it's something very personal to my heart. I've been enjoying it. Also, I'm using it as a platform to experiment for Sweat Drench Press, what I want to see it done in a in a aesthetical fashion thematic fashion with um also testing myself as a designer and as a book builder i'm not brilliant and there's that meta self-reverentialness where i'm like it's lo-fi shy art i don't think it's <coughs> peaks of mastery or a picasso or such and sundry but there's artistry in what i'm doing it's molecularly breaking things down and redefining them for myself and probably for others and it's been really, it's been really refreshing and fun. I had a bit of a stumble yesterday because I was imbuing so much of old work that I said, you know what, I need to take this old work that has no weight or bearing on the overall infrastructure of what I'm creating in the interiors of Interiors 4, Mark 3. I kind of just re-established it. I, I, I made prose a visual element. I fucked with it. I redacted it, I shifted it, I just fucking played. And you don't need Photoshop to do stuff like this. I'm working off of a 2003 paint thing, and I'm doing things that I've never been able to do, because I've never had the confidence, because there's too much hyper-awareness. I'm just catering to my my creative soul, and people have gravitated towards it, and it means a lot. But I want this to lead into the... Um, chapbook series and that's why each volume has been quite slimlined um i'm just testing things on waters but submissions are open for the experimente but i pronounce it tithe i didn't really didn't really think it through did i sweetie i should have put an ai at the end but instead i did a ae should have asked your head of administration to do this let's just bloody pronounce it however you wish uh the chat books um please reach out on sweat drenched press at outlook.com with your submissions yeah can i just say as well like it's all legit in the sense of there's a contract there's um if you want us to we can uh, we send your books off to the british library you know it's and not they like, archive it yeah absolutely they archive it so it's it's forever there so it's not like we're just publishing books like when i say we you it's not like zach's just publishing books no, for the sake of it, it. But, you know, it is very, <clears throat> I, you know, I call myself the head of administration. It's board. I literally send letters. <laughs> um, but the letters I send, you know, are to the British Library. They are to, to show them that we are, you know, we're publishing books on behalf of these people. And that, they, you know, that they're legit books. They're not just publishing it randomly. It's, it's you know, it's legitimate. It, yeah, it's not, it's not, it's, you know, it's very, we are doing our due diligence as us as publishers or we are going to do it and we have been using interiors basically as that platform to prove to ourselves that we can do it really yeah yeah and now i'm writing a book which is i'm excited for me too when i actually write it (laughs) it's your own process my lovely it's your own process and that's the thing do not 
do not be hampered by expectations or the usual litany of literary rule 101 or other people's like like you may go to certain people and want certain reactions and then they just they don't give what you want don't give a fuck just go into it with pure intention of what you want to do from your inner self thing is if i like it i don't care exactly that, that, that that's it well of course you're gonna need like if you, you you're not thinking of becoming a a published author rumour maybe you could out there like huge name no I literally just want to write a book and like put it out there and then if I get anything from it great if I don't yeah, that's, whatever well, that's the thing. That's I just the, don't care well that's the thing that's the benefits of uh, having your own publication house you publish your own stuff where other people won't see worth in it whereas that's the thing you're not trying to cater to a specific thing because then that just neuters you yeah absolutely so when you come to me send your your most pure most meaningful pieces of work if it's in, in innovative if it's experimental if it's not even experimental if it's poetry but it has to have that semblance of freedom that semblance of I don't give a fuck attitude I don't want to read I don't want people to come to me and it's the same drivel it's something that's bizarro extreme horror I don't want something that you can label to be honest not even, even as experimental and innovative you know what I really want to see from Sweat Drench Press I want to see the most experimental stuff. I want to see it from a woman. Just because I'm an advocate for women. <coughs> obviously. To associate that kind of experimental stuff with men. The only female writer out there at this current time who's doing it on a mainstream level and is fucking killing it is Nicola Barker. Oh, for God's sake, stop wanking over and the also, woman. And also, Kathy Acker, who's no longer with us. And this is the thing, it's I want to re redefine a certain era that probably wasn't as prolonged as it was in the past. It should. Our moment here is to express and through that expression it's to just fucking play and not try and cater to a minority or a clique or a semblance of a genre. Mix genres, mix prose, mix images. Just do what you feel inside yourself is the best piece of art you've got in you. And even if you're not a writer, just go for it anyway. Because, like, I have never imagined writing a book in my fucking life. Never. But then, like, I was I was <coughs> going over some conversations that Zach and I have had and that I've had with various people. And I just thought, fuck it, let's try it. And I've written, I mean, I haven't written a lot, but I've written, like, five pages. But I do work a nine-to-five. Mm-hmm. And I haven't done anything from home. I've only done it sort of, like, in my lunch break and yeah. stuff like that. But, you know, it's it's fun. It's actually more than anything. It's just fun. So even if you're not one of those, you know, I consider myself to be a writer, fuck it, just try it anyway. Yeah. See where you get to. Even And the thing is, Sweat Drench Press isn't a place where it's going to be a profitable place where we'll, we'll pay taxes because I don't believe that, that, that it's ever going to sell books to that extent. I'd like it to in the near future, but in this moment it is a non-profit. It doesn't take away from uh, personal contracts between you and I and Laura as there will be payment but subjected up on the agreement as you know termed written down officiated yeah, it's all negotiated it's all you know it's all but by the profit i mean this 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 it's just all the money that comes from it will hopefully feed back into the press for the artistry yeah absolutely and a lot of people are going to go oh he's not going to pay them their royalties yes i will pay them their royalties <laughs> Like I said, there's a contract and I'm head of administration, so you'll get your royalties. <laughs> so nothing will get fucked up. And your contribute copies, your initial contribute copies. I think a lot of people always have this assumption that, oh, I'll get, I'll get copies of my book, free books. Mm, no, because that's yeah, a lot of money. You get your contribute copies, but you don't get any more than that. 
Um, I mean, if you want to buy more contributor copies after the agreed, you know, under the, <laughs> the agreed uh, number of them. But I'm just looking forward to this process and to artists reaching out. Um, I've got some interesting people who've pitched ideas, but I really want people to reach out with their work. Submit. Like, it's kind of dead at the moment. I'm... Yeah, and even if you think that, that you're not sure, just submit it anyway. Because we can, you know, we can look at it, we can think about it, we can, you know, just, just go for it. I don't want any inhibitions. I just want you to... Splurge. Forget about your insecurities, just fucking go for it. Just splurge. So, that's it. Interiors is available. Interiors 4, question mark. Interiors 4, question mark. Interiors 4, question mark. 2. Mark, mark. See, even oh, I, even I f- fucking get myself tongue-tied and I create the fucking piece. Interiors 4, question mark. Mark two. Number three will probably be out around this weekend. Well, when I say this weekend, it'll probably be a month ago. But thank you for joining us. And uh, depending on whether Birds of Prey is good, uh, which we're going to see tonight, there might be a review episode of that. I, I don't know. Me and Laura need to do another uh, book club episode where we read the same book. Good luck. Um, I'm currently reading two books simultaneously at the moment, neither of which you'd be interested in, so... I'd be interested in, at one point, reading that uh, Dorno Porter book. It is good. It's very feminine. Um, I, re- I read her first one, her debut, um, Cows. That was really funny. But this is really funny. <coughs> She's a talent. She's a very talented lady. She is indeed. Anyway, thank you for joining us. Uh, and... Good bye. Oh,